In the shadow of the most powerful city in the world, the Capital Golf Gang is on the air with instructor John Ronis from the Ronis Academy at River Creek, executive director of the Middle Atlantic PGA, John Gould, and former University of Maryland golfer, Ron Thomas. And now your host from Afternoon Drive on the Team 980 Radio in Washington, D.C., Steve Zabin. Call him Patty Ice. Patrick Cantlay with a tremendous six-hole sudden-death playoff victory over Bryson DeChambeau at the BMW at Caves Valley. Recap today on the program, plus a quick nine and a look ahead at the new Titleist wrenches. Yeah, baby. Your boy, the Titleist guy right here. Very happy the new uh, new Titleist irons are coming out. The old new equipment line as well. We are here at Golfdom. Uh, Buddy Christensen is with us, as well as John Ronis and Ron Thomas, and a special guest coming up in just moments. Boys, good to have you. Did anyone get out there to the BMW Championship? Uh, you know I did, Steve. Talk I, to me. Well, I mean, what's not, what's not to say? I mean, I was there on Thursday, but the, the most impressive part, as I mentioned last week, was the build-out. I enjoyed watching all the marquee players, and uh, I'd rather hear about your experience. I'm going to tell you about mine. Buddy, did you go? I didn't, but uh, I lived vicariously through you on Sunday. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, You mean the the couple short little videos I posted to Instagram? They were good. Because my Twitter account, by the way, at Zabe, has been hacked and stolen, is Mm -hmm. probably gone for good. Uh So, yeah, follow me on Instagram, at Zabe. I'm not nearly as good because I don't know the gram. I'm too old. 53. (laughs) I got no gram game, but still. I got some great super slow-mo shots down the line, ground level. Cameron Champ, one of the longest mashers on tour. So sexy. Yeah. You know what was weird was that I was there Sunday morning early, and I was able to pull my phone out, take videos and pictures two feet away from the players. First time I'd really been to an event since they changed the rules Right. You know, by the PGA Tour, which they gradually did. They finally realized we're never going to win the game, the war against cell phones. And people take free advertising for our product and distribute it via social media. Yeah. So they finally figured that out. They just said, you know, make sure yeah, it's on silent. Cell phones are $1,000 each now. They can't just say, I'm going to take that away from you. <laughs> it's not they, a flip phone anymore. They, but they used to, though. Uh, they, yeah, they tried to, but, I mean, it's, I don't know if you're they, right. They were never going to Buddy, you've been game. to the Masters recently. Do they still take them away at Augusta? Oh, they, they don't let you in there Ooh, yeah. with them. They, they take them away and you away. And you would think, <laughs> you would think <laughs> they would have... a special black site yeah, yeah. <laughs> off campus. Right. You would think they would have technology to shut down all the ringers or, or whatever down there, but, but no, they're not going to let you oh, no. down cool. there. No. So <laughs> it was really cool because... I remember the days, one time at Congressional, I think it was for the U.S. Open in 97, I want to say. No, that would have been too early for phones. It was one of the later ones. Cell phones were around. I actually brought, like a loser, Ron, a, uh, a rangefinder to the tournament. I'm surprised you didn't bring your periscope. <laughs> yeah, I know. I brought my rangefinder. For what purpose? Yeah, what? I need to know the distances. Hold on. Hold on. All right. Let me interject Holy here. Smokes. So the night before Saturday night, Steve was uh, planning his next hold day. On. Don't, don't hijack my story. Hold okay. that story. Hold it tight. Dear God. So I brought range my rangefinder because it both had binocular, it had magnification so All I right. could see better. Okay. And I get a yardage or two. 
<laughs> yeah. So I'm there. Did you yell the yardage to the yeah, right. so no, I'm did trying, you, to, I'm did trying you, to change the subject. Did you to yell that out. <laughs> Don't tell the caddy. You no, you're wrong. It's not like beats. I remember this viscerally, but I'm yeah. on 14 at Congressional. Ernie Els is there in the right bunker when they still had one down there. And I pull out my rangefinder and I'm looking and he sees me and he goes, no photographs, no photographs. <laughs> and I just saw, oh, no, it's, it's a range finder. Oh. And then, and then he, he said, what do he, I got in? <laughs> <laughs> What's it to the front yeah, lip? That's right. What's my carry? Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So to, to the, the revolution of being able to get your own, as I call them, digital assets of the best players in the world, up close, photos, videos, slow motion, 240 frames per second, Cameron Champ with this perfect motion. Down the line. It's interesting you say that. So thing. glorious. As a nerd, I was so enthralled. Well, in, in the day, we had this V1 software, right? And it came loaded with about like five different swings. It was down the line. It was in front. But if you had some high quality, you could load it. And if you had Tiger's swing or something else that you got from something like that, it was like... Like it was pirated. Yes. Totally. And you're like, yeah, I got, to, I got Ernie Els swing right here. Oh, how'd you yes. get that? Yes. And that's how it worked. So what I loved, and Ronnie, thank you, by the way. Now you can resume your story. You it's were just, able to get me parking, which I, was the most crucial thing. Buddy, you got me the tickets. Yeah. Thank you. Can I give a shout out to whoever gave me the tickets? Yeah, yeah. Scott Bavaro at TaylorMade. Thank came you, through. Scott. And, but this was a late I mean, you would have been set up today. You know, you need to call earlier than Saturday night. I, honestly, I'm going to go tomorrow. I didn't want to go inside the tents. I wasn't going to be there to buffet graze. It was a tactical mission to get my steps in. 14,000 some odd well, steps, seven done. miles later, 35 flights climbed all over that place. Holy cow, what a walk that is. I, I just, got what I got done. I was not there. I was there alone, loser style. I, I just wanted to watch golf and listen. It was classic Zabe. It was, uh, you know, I need a plan in place, and I'm going to leave at 5 in the morning. I'm going to get up and leave at 5 and get there. It's an hour-and-a-half drive. But he has to have everything in order, you know, before he goes. And I appreciate that about him, but I can just picture him creeping in on these guys as the, yeah. the caddies are walking from, uh, you know, green to next tee, and he's got some things to add to that, I know, about. Uh, so, anyway, I'm watching uh, Carlos Ortiz. And Cameron Champ. And then later on, I watched some Billy Horschel hmm? with uh, one, um, oh, I forget who he was playing with that day. Anyway, Ortiz is just like the kid who mows your lawn. He just looks like a teenager from the club. Wow. Great player, 61st in the world. No scrub, right? But most people have never heard of Carlos Ortiz, right? He ends up stone cold topping one on two, the par five, from the middle of the fairway. Wow. Makes birdie. Makes birdie, exactly. Of course. And he had this wonderful bouncy demeanor to him. Champ, meanwhile, had swallowed a gallon of sour sauce because he was bitter from the get-go. And I started thinking about this, Ron. I'm like, you know, he's in the second leg of the playoffs. He's probably grinding to make the third leg. He's had a bad week because he's going off early on Sunday. He knows being on the outside of the Ryder Cup, that's gone. That, I'm sure, was a huge goal. I can understand why he was being... Bitter about it. So he didn't have much of a good demeanor. Ortiz, though, was bouncing around, smiling. He was like a little Sergio. Plus, it's tough when you see them at 27 under and you're 6, 4, 3. <laughs> right. right. You, know. you kind of feel a little bit emasculated, right? Yes, you do. Yeah. So he was uh, – it was just interesting, the demeanors. You know, on, on the downhill par 3, Champ hits this great shot, dead on line, ends up about 20 feet short. But it was right on it. He was like muttering coming off the tee. I can't – what's going on? My distances aren't right so hard to get the right distance off of that tee because it's a huge drop yeah, downhill. It's a hard game. But these guys are obsessed with a precision 
that's hard for us to comprehend. I thought, how are you so mad about a shot like that? And the answer was, because they're used to putting it right there. Yeah. So then but, on, okay, so then on number five, the downhill par four dog leg right. It's, it's a terrible hole, to be honest, but it's a little short dog leg right with a crook, huge stand of trees on the right side. DeChambeau drove it going over the trees, and I thought, well, he's got the horsepower to do it. Here's little Carlos Ortiz, 16-year-old paper boy, and he gets up there, flies it onto the green, landed it five feet in front of the hole, nearly jarred it for a one. The guys that were at the green said, yeah, he almost made that one. And I'm thinking, where does this cat get his horsepower, right? Yeah. And I'm walking down the, the rope line. He's in the woods taking a shortcut, and I'm over – I'm eavesdropping on his conversation with his caddy, and he says in his wonderful sort of, you know, uh, Spanish-English accent, he's like, it's just a cut, it's just a cut. You know, I'd feel just as nervous hitting four iron with the cut, so I did my driver, just a cut. Hit a cut yeah. right over the trees, boom, five feet in front of the hole. He did two putt for birdie, didn't make it for eagle. But it was just a fascinating conversation. I'm thinking, was that the first time you've worked with your caddy? <laughs> and I think the answer is no. They just talk about it's these things talking, all the time. Yeah. Horschel on eight hit kind of a bad cut that was far away from the pin. And I, wa I listened to him talking to his caddy, who was this old grizzled English guy on the way to the ninth tee. And he's like, uh, you know, well, well, I was going to hit a flat six, but instead I try to cut it. And, and he's going back and forth. And I'm thinking again, is this the first week they've worked together? And the answer is almost certainly no, right? Nervous, nervous energy. Is that what it is? That's all it is. Okay. It's just chatter. And I also it's just heard chatter to fill the silence. I guess so. Some I guess people so. can handle silence, just like in everyday life. Some people can handle silence, and some people can't. And that's just the way it is. Well, and they're sounding. Oh, they're, <laughs> they're sounding boards. They didn't get it, Dave. I, I got it. I was we gonna, were going to stay there for was, another 15 minutes. I was locked out. You're like, oh, yeah, you <laughs> want to play the silence <laughs> game. Huh? That's, That's good not. radio. That's yeah. good radio. <laughs> on on uh, number nine, as they're slogging up that awful uh, hike uphill, one of the caddies said, I'm not going to miss this walk anymore after this. Another caddy said, I'm not going to miss this place after this. Somebody said, uh, are they coming back next year? And Horschel said, not a 30 under is the winning score. Mm. So, does it matter that the score was so low in the big yes. scheme of things? Yes. Yeah. I want to hear your yes. Yes, Tell me it why. does. Because, oh, shoot, here, here, it starts with the members. The members don't want to see their course destroyed like that. That's where it starts. It was, it was beat up and will be yep. disassembled for months. Well, the beat up is, is it worth the beat up? because they can't stick their chest out anymore and say, I'm a member of Caves Valley. And they should, because it's obviously a beautiful, beautiful place. But it did nothing for those tour players. And I really don't care where you go in August in the DMV. It's going to be soft. It has to be or else it's going to be dead. And they're going to tear it up because it's soft. So that's where it starts. And then the players just don't want to have a putting contest. And that's what it is. It's a putting contest. And Cantley had 31 birdies? 72 holes? Yeah. Uh, 32, maybe? I think he was pushing the record, to be I, sure. I think he got it on yeah. 18. But anyway, that uh, that's almost half the holes he birdied for the yeah. week. Yeah. I had a sense, buddy, that they were going to go deep on that track because just the overall envelopes of the holes, there wasn't enough X out there for them to really get in trouble. Well, and look at 18 that we saw so many times in the playoff, right? There's the 
water meandering on but they just put it out there in the same spot every time other than the one time that bryson didn't right and that was just and it's kind of wide open where bryson was hitting it too <laughs> sure. that way up there so yeah it, it's probably a different looking golf course for your average golfer well definitely a dip, they're different just really golf. really good and so if balls aren't bouncing if they're in control well they lift they cleaned and placed yeah. one of the two days at least yeah. so that obviously if they're in helped. control by non-bouncing non-hard greens non-wind it's over yeah, yeah. The, well, uh, I enjoyed going out there. It was a lot of fun for me. Thank you, Ronnie, for getting the parking. That was more than crucial. By the way, I went to go buy parking at the shuttle lot. They said they were sold out. Wow. So wow. I don't even know where I'd park. There was a woman with a lawn that was charging 30 bucks. so I guess I could have gone to that. But I didn't know that at the time, so there you go. Uh, the DeChambeau thing continues to be one of the huge stories in golf. Ronnie, I know you're sick of talking about this guy because with him, it's never about the golf. It's about the chirping and the chatter, and now the PGA Tour has said, well, we're going to eject fans who call him Brooksy. Well, keep in mind, I'm the guy that during COVID, uh, the COVID golf that was being played with no fans, I'm the one who said that I enjoyed it, and you guys thought I was nuts. And the reason that I enjoyed it is because... Because of that. Well, I just don't, you know, these guys, these penny loafer, Bermuda shorts, pink vineyard vines, cigar jerk-offs are just <laughs> Dude bros. the worst. You know, these Baltimore you know, prep as, school as, boys. As Buddy and I call the them the future of the game. Oh, <laughs> man. They're the worst. But, Ronnie, I agree. I totally agree <laughs> yeah. with you. But should there be any kind of penalization for someone after a shot, they're down there walking saying, go get him, Brooks. Uh, deliberate, deliberate, you know, blatantly trying to get him route up by calling him the wrong name is just a wrong approach to life. But, but let wouldn't alone you do that at a you, basketball game? Uh, I mean, we're not at a basketball yeah, game. Yeah, it's different. You know, this you know. is different. Why is it different? This is different because it's a gentleman's game, right? And it, that's just the, the history of it. The fans are up close and personal with these guys. Zabe's out you know, giving them yardages from uh, <laughs> next to them. Good yardages, too, yeah, by the way. Yeah, of course, Front, with back, slope and, and everything. So it's a different, I think, interaction with the fan. And and for them to really be out there to be confrontational, I think, is just yeah. is too well, much. And, it, and it's, you know, I always say this to my friends or to anybody that will listen to me, that do you want me to come into your workplace and call you the wrong name and heckle you but where you work? they're not paying – to come into your workplace, Ronnie. I'm well, sorry to say, but I mean, John, think about what's occurring now. Granted, Bryson what's puts, him, puts himself He's out. Brooksy. Well, he He's puts not saying anything no, about his no, kids but or this his is, parents. This is an, ev- an evolving problem that is not only the that Brooksy they created. thing. This is, did you hear those guys yell? But when Cantley hit those shots in the playoff, did you hear the guy yell, "Get in the hole!" Before he made contact, before he hit it, and yeah, he hit two no. bad shots. Yeah. Oh my! God. I heard it the one time. Two bad shots. Really? Both, both of them were bad shots. Approach shot on 18, And right? you could see the caddy, if you watch, the caddy's looking over and he's pointing just like this and Cantley puts his head down because he doesn't want okay. to give Are they an removing excuse. those guys? Well, it's it's just, it's not about the reaction. To me, it's the action. But no, it's no, the are they removing? the societal problem that we have here of disrespect and of these drunks that go to these events i despise these people and if you are a listener and you're one of these people i despise you get them wrong because you are a real problem not only at a golf tournament but i bet you're a problem on society ronnie start using your turn signal by the way are they removing that guy uh 
I don't know, John. I, I, I can't go into that because I'm not a tournament administrator. Because I, don't you think they need to remove that person as well? If they're going to remove someone who when, when uh, DeChambeau's walking down the fairway and they go, good shot, Brooksy, oh, you're out. Yeah. Well, if I may. I'm yelling in the middle of your swing. I, Maryland I, stinks. If I may. You're not wrong, Ron, but they're making it worse with this rule. How about that for a compromise? You're not wrong, but they're making it worse because here's why. Drunk dude bro is going to go to the tournament for seven hours, be ready to leave. What's his exit strategy? Say, good shot, Brooksy. That's how he's going to get bounced. Ooh, I'm going to be banned from future tournaments. That guy doesn't care. So it's going to encourage guys to exit. It's almost like get a manager getting run. Hey, team me up. Yeah. You know, send me to the showers. So you're going to have this. Plus, at some point, DeChambeau and Kepke are going to play together. Then what? I agree with everything that Ronnie's saying. Let's get that straight. Fair enough. However, However. we don't have anything consistent. Right. We're, True. This kind of, we're, oh, Brooksy, oh, get out of here, versus something that could be really get in the hole or be, be the man or whatever they used to yell, you the Put, man. You the man. Yeah. Here, here is the... I'd the, rather get removed for that. The, the genesis, if you will, of this rule that came out that the, the tour just sent out, it, it wouldn't have come out if it wasn't him walking off of the 18th green, I'm sorry, the 24th hole right. for the day. And having that person waiting there, fa- waiting and, to and then him. his reaction, which any normal human being would have done, is to go after that. Yeah, you know prick. what? Yeah. yeah, that prick, mm-hmm. and go after him. And they can't have that. Mm. Yeah. They can't have that. Mm-hmm. So someone who does that blatantly, that's the guy that they're talking cool. about the removal. Yeah. You think there is at this point any chance we win the Ryder Cup with this in the nuclear heart of our team room? How is Steve Stricker, nice guy that he is, going to manage all this? I think they'll be fine. These guys are professionals I, and they're competitors. Better, better team on paper. Be, deeper team on paper. I think they want to prove people wrong, too. Okay. I think they're that mad yeah. at the whole situation. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. But, man, this is this is the most unruly of a situation I've seen a Ryder Cup captain have to deal with. So. Yeah. All right, when we come back, we'll play a quick nine, plus our special guest will come on in as well. We'll introduce you and talk about some sweet new clubs that have finally been released for the fall season. Stay with us. We continue at Golfdom. It's the Capital Golf Gang right here. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who have to come up with creative excuses to their wives for those grass stains on their pants. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who once dreamed of becoming caddies on the PGA Tour until they found out you have to take the blame for everything. That and there is a lot of walking involved. I did notice that out of caves on Sunday. Welcome back here. Capital Golf Gang coming to you live from, plausibly live from the Golfdom Studios, fitting studios, the Callaway Studios here. Uh, Many great studios here, including the Titleist fitting studio right over there behind me as I point behind me right now and it's our pleasure to welcome on Pat Moriarty the regional Titleist rep for the Washington DC metro area who was caught in the wicked traffic snarl up today getting here today a little bit of a golf clap for yes my neighbor's there. That's right. neighbor out there in uh Waterford. Hamilton Waterford Waterford yeah. Waterford. Waterford and a Boston guy 
Yeah. Two. So you've also, got that connection. All right. So we got that going for us. Very nice. Pat, thank you for coming by the show. Appreciate it. Thanks, Abe. So you got some of the new wrenches here. We do. Well, 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 <laughs> buddy. <laughs> let's see what you'll be ordering me here yes, shortly. Right? <laughs> okay. These are the 300 irons, the T300s, right? Ultimate game improvement iron. Nice. Might be for you. Oh, it no. needs lots of improvement. No. I can assure you of that. You don't start the show with that. <laughs> no, he's not wrong about that. You know, I just, I love the irons I got, I think, buddy, from you in 2018. Don't you guys go a title list every two years usually? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Two-year cycles. So if you were a 2018 player, you may have 718 AP2. Yes. So the 18s correspond to the year. Correct. Are you staying on the year despite the pandemic? We are changing that to... Uh, go with a numerical system now that makes a little bit more sense in um, chassis size of iron. So okay. the 300, the largest largest number, is also the largest chassis size iron. So we'll have a 100, 200, You call them chassis size? Chassis size, is like, that a, a, like is an that, automobile. It sounds that, like something you would say. say. No, but is that an industry thing, buddy? I've never heard uh, that before. No, not really. I mean, it's, it's something Titleist uses, but I haven't really heard that too much. Just to describe the length of blade and width of blade. Okay. It makes sense. To get back to... Hold on, Pat. Little... Take your cord and just tuck it under the mic and then pull that mic up just a touch there. Closer there to your mouth. There you go. Now you're good. There you go. Now was, we're rocking. Okay. Titleist for years, I don't know what was quite going on in their marketing department when they first came out with it, but they had AP1, AP2, and AP, AP1 and AP2 irons. But even as a teacher and a fitter, I always would literally say, these are AP1, think backwards... Uh, this is the opposite of what you think. Because AP1, you would think is a tour iron or better player's iron, and AP2 was a little bit more game improvement. And it was opposite there for a while. But in the last two models that they've come out with, they've just made it much simpler, and now it's one, two, three. And that's what he's basically talking about, the size. They also have, and Pat will tell you all a this, four. but they also have a four, and they also have their um, blades, their CBs, and MB. MB, yeah. I, I, I'll stop talking now. Oh, man, yeah. these are sexy. So what but, did Titleist do as their point of emphasis in this latest two-year release of their new irons? So working with, they're all multi-material heads. We're working with more tungsten weight, a denser tungsten weight in the heel and toe. So that allows us to put heavy weight in the heel and toe of the iron, but keep a small chassis size and increase the forgiveness. Wow. So our goal is to make the most game improvement iron that we have, that T300, look as close to a player's blade as possible. This T200 is so sexy. That's yours, Dave. I could not hit this, Pat. You it's, could. And so no, that's the... No, I couldn't hit oh, it because it's too perfect. It's yeah. too pretty. Yeah. It's so pretty. It's almost like it's... It's enclosed like a blade, but I know, Pat, there's all the good juju inside. Yes, all the technology under the hood. This, right. This, this must have sort of the foam filler that the old TaylorMades had when they first came out. What number was that? You're shaking your head no. No, it doesn't. Pat just was – so Pat so there's showed no me goo the whole inside thing. There's, no. there's no goo. So it's actually – it's a hollow body. Okay. But there's there's tungsten weights in the heel and toe. Okay. And then behind the face is a support, kind of an L-shaped support that has a polymer cap on it that our golf ball team actually developed. So oh, that nice. allows us to have uh, better sound, better feel, and eliminate the hot spot flyers that you get from some of those hollow irons. 
What were those tailor-mades? The ICW IC? 11s? Is yeah. that no, what you're talking about? No, no, no. They're, they're big those popular the club ones. that got oh, them recently. sued. Oh, yeah, 790s. 790s. I thought you were going way back. No, no, yes. the 70, yes. 790s had yeah. the goo inside, yeah. and they were hot as a pistol. Right. And right. if you really hit them right on the go button, you're like, why am I 20 yards over? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So this is different in that regard because you haven't filled it with goo. You've had structural things in there. And the other Correct. thing about those 790s, they didn't sound great. To well, me. the filling with goo, I think, is that's what it's all about. It's all about sound. It helps. Because once you get a hollow club, you'll get a very clicky sound. But this like one, an aluminum bat. But, yes. But this one's hollow, but the sound is good. Correct. And that was one of the improvements we had to make over its predecessor. We heard loud and clear from the players playing the previous version, that it just sounded too tinny, too clicky. Buddy, we heard it from customers. John yeah. fit golfers for it. Really? And the feedback wasn't very good. So, hence, the redesign in the new T200. Golfers are picky about their equipment. That's very odd. I've never right. heard that. And now, the per- now, yeah, go the ahead. The performance from what my guys have been seeing has been awesome with these irons. And, yeah. and you know, the last iteration was a, a good set of irons. These have been Right. Really doing so, well. So let's go through some myths being being someone who's, you know, on this side of the equation. You know, you're you're yep. drinking the Kool-Aid every day, Pat, and, and it's Titleist is, is a supreme product as far as manufacturing and what they do in their manufacturing process and everything. But the myths have been Titleist is a little bit weaker, it's not gonna fly as far as say a TaylorMade or a Callaway or things like that. And what Pat just explained to me and their progression as a company is allowing uh, not only is the club going further because of the construction that they've put in the last two generations, but also they've even added a thing where uh, their S model, where it's two degrees stronger in loft. So they are catching up to all the other companies. And again, when you talk Titleist, it is basically that kind of mentality of a handmade club that sets them apart. Their golf ball and their club manufacturing is, is, is perfect. Yeah, actually, we've, we've been the top played iron on the PGA Tour for 16 out of the last 17 years in the last seven years in a row. So everybody knows we're a golf club that's built for the tour players. Patrick right. Cantlay, great, perfect example. But John's selling golf clubs and Buddy's selling golf clubs to 25 handicapped golfers. Right. We need to compete in that space. Right. So we have to get better at building irons that fit everybody. But. Our players want them to look like what Cantlay's playing. Yeah, they look really nice. And you don't—you didn't even bring out one of the true tour blades out here. I did not. Yeah. I did Those not. look really nice, too. I saw them in bags out there. Because they Sunday. might cut your hands I, after I, they're I, so sharp. I, I felt the vibration in my yeah. fingers just <laughs> looking at them but, going, oh, my but God. But what's interesting, Cantlay still plays the 718 AP2. So really? he's a player playing a previous generation model. He's my club. He's playing great. Yeah, he's won, I think, three times on tour this year. Yeah. He's not a player we're going to force into the new model until he's ready. Nice. You know, so the, we give our players the luxury of playing multiple generations of product if it fits them the best. Nice. Yeah, he, so. he's a guy that doesn't like to change. He Correct. is the anti-tinkerer. Seems to be working out it, for him. It is working. Yeah. Work out. Yeah. Now, where are we at on the Taylor May, or excuse me, on the Titleist Drivers, Three Woods, Hybrids? So new models introduced in the fall of last year. So the TSI family is out currently, and it's going to run its course through next season, and it's doing great. So the woods stagger with the irons. Correct. We alternate that. And it helps from a production flow. It helps from a managing sales volume flow and just give our golfers something new every other year. Well, and it it helps from a retail side for us to really learn that product. When they're coming out every year, it's hard for us to really get a feel for what's best for, for customers. So in that second year, 
you know, that first year it's all excitement and, and there's there's sales there, but that second year you can kind of really dial people in for, for nice. what this club is for. Yeah. yeah. Also, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, coming off of the BMW, you were there last weekend. We finished first in the driver category, hybrid and utility, iron wedge. But So the driver is, is getting a lot of momentum on the PGA Tour and has been since this new version came out in October. Yeah, looks really nice. And when you Sounds talk about too. hybrids, for one thing the Titleist has really done a very good job with is most of the better players, hybrid is a, is a very left-dominated or left-biased club. And the better players. What does that mean? It means it just a longer it iron. Goes left if. Yeah, because most people with a longer club in their hand are going to lose it to the right. So, um, you know, most of the manufacturers came out with a whether it's a bulbous headed club of some sort that would make the ball be able to draw easier oh, with okay. a hybrid, and you would get almost inevitably my better players could not hit a hybrid, so they're stuck with four and three and two irons, and now with their. Um, progressive weighted irons that they have now and their uh, hybrids, which are not at all left biased. A really good player can hit a hybrid if they choose to, or their what I call driving irons, starting with a three iron, two iron, and one iron, are so good that they can use that as well without worrying about a ball going constantly left. Got it. And Titleist, we've got the new utilities out. Correct. And But the hybrids are out with the woods, the woods. which they've bounced back and forth in, in some other years. They brought it in with the irons for a little while, but now they've been more. Um, so they also have the uh, the new utilities out. Do you guys still make a driving iron? We do. Or a utility iron? Correct, we do. It's called the it, Now it's called the U505. The U505. So again, larger chassis, larger body, fatter sole, more tungsten in the heel and toe, and it will perform more like an iron than it does a hybrid. Right. It's not draw biased. It's fit like an iron. It's got a flat face on it, and it's just designed to How many degrees loft? We start at the one, so we have one, two, threes, and fours. Meaning, so, low, so lowest loft would be what? 17. Yeah. That's, and it allows a, that's you my punch-out club right there. Yeah. Well, I, need, well, that's what I need a punch-out club because <laughs> yeah. the four-iron does not get it done. Well, yeah. And I mean, I'm not punching out with a hybrid. It's not always a punch-out, but the fact is, is the ability to control the trajectory of a golf ball right. is the most important thing to a good player. And so if you can hit stingers and such like that with – a three and a two iron without being the most talented person on the, on the planet. It's great to have that club. All right, right, get on in, get fitted for a new set of Titleists, and then, you know, let's keep our fingers crossed as the supply chains get back up and running again. Hopefully Santa Claus will have them under your tree for Christmas or earlier, right? We'll be fighting to have it for you. We'll fighting for to sure. have it for sure. Don't dawdle. That's the point, you know. <laughs> exactly. So it's unsure exactly when they're going to come in, but don't wait because then you'll be at the back of the Even line. further. All yeah. right, Pat, we're going to play a quick nine after this. Love it. And uh, hypotheticals, we'll go through them and close out the show here on a glorious afternoon after the Hurricane Ida remnants came through and flooded a lot of people. It's going to be a beautiful Labor Day weekend. Thank you for joining us. It is the Capital Golf Gang presented by Golfdom. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who all carry a perfect club, an alien wedge, a double-sided chipper, and a 20-foot ball retriever. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who only care about one trajectory on their irons. Airborne. We're back. Ronnie had to duck out a little bit early today due to scheduling, but we got to give him his props. Qualified yet again for a significant amateur level event. I forget what he told me. It was the 
senior mid-am mid-masters some slice and dice thing yeah should be on your phone if you can look up the text but uh i love ronnie competing out there so happy for the guy of course all he says is i had to four under i had to four under going into 16 then i three putted and then i double bogey i'm like ron man don't don't sweat it man you're out there wmga senior amateur it was nice okay here we go quick nine 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 hypotheticals go around the horn here Hole number one, should the PGA Tour go back to less massive build-outs for corporate sponsors like we saw at the BMW Championship? I was stunned by the village that was built on top of that golf course to satisfy the high-end clients of the tournament. No. No, you have to keep it. For money, right? You have to, yeah. It's the only way these days. It is the only way. You have to put on a show. Buddy, would you want to go backwards in time? There's no way you can now. It's what it's built around. That right. whole thing is built around that. Do we want to go back to some things? Yeah, sure, but that's that's not going to change. Do you remember, Pat, the days where they held a golf tournament, pro tournament, best players in the world, said, yeah, it's a golf course, go find a nice shady tree or a high mound, and good luck. Right, right. It's, Those days are over, right? Yeah, it takes away from the beauty of the golf course, unfortunately, but it is a necessity to have them there. Yeah, it was, it was a spectacular village. I actually saw a drone shot, sort of like the drone shot that opened Hard Knocks going through the Cowboys facility. Somebody flew a drone all the way up 18, through the grandstands, over the creek, and around again. It's pretty cool. It was on nice. the PGA Tour uh, official weekly um, television show. Hole number two, should the Ryder Cup and the Solheim Cup, going on right now, the Solheim Cup, be combined on one week on one golf course for a mega event. No. (laughs) (laughs) You sure you don't want to think about that? That was actually proposed, and I first thought, that is the craziest, dumbest thing. Well, hold on a second. No, it isn't. You don't like it. No, I really would like to give the women's game their spot. I would agree. In the sun. Um, And I'd like to give them uh, different venues because they're going to have to go after their marketing people. They might not be able to. Just put it in some random area. Um, yeah, I mean it would be cool, but it, look, it, it's they're different. They're different things. Give them, give them their Buddy, own time. Any I, merit I, to the idea of maybe a one-off, a I'm, mega cup? I like the idea. I I I've been to one Ryder Cup, and it's a hard, it's a hard event to, to watch to be there because be, the course is underutilized. And there's yeah, there's four it's groups tw- out there. Twenty four players for an entire golf course. Right. Well, when they're all playing. So, right. <laughs> so there's other days where you literally see these four groups come oh, you're through. Right. It's and not you, even 24. It's 16. Right. right? And it's, it's, you know, the, those four balls, it's, it's four groups, I think. And but, it's half the shots. Right. Right. One of the four. And some of them. So anyway, it would fill up some of that. And I, I think it would enhance the, the exposure to the Solheim Cup. I, I think yeah. it'd be kind of neat. That, I, be great I agree. For them. Uh, yes, yeah. it would elevate the women's game for sure. Does it take away from the Ryder Cup? Don't know. I don't know that it helps the Ryder Cup, but it definitely would help the women's game okay. for sure. I, I'm, I'm not totally opposed to doing it as a one-off, but that's just me. Hole number three, Mickelson rips the USGA ahead of what is it expected to be a driver-length rollback or restriction to 46 inches even. Is he right? 100% right. For ripping them. Absolutely. Because why? Because there's no need. Because most common players can't even come close to a 40-whatever, 6, 7-inch driver. Uh, what length does he use? 
He goes back and forth. Yeah. Is he above 46? It was 47 and a half, I think I read somewhere. He was longer, what? but the average tour player is about 44 and a half. Mm-hmm. What's so, our standard, 45 Yeah. for was, amateurs? Some are 45 and a half. Some are We're 45 and a half yeah, but now. 45 plus. And it okay. used to be 43, and then it was 44, and now it's 45 plus. It's nonsense. Plus. There's a law of diminishing returns with length of right. drivers. There gets to the point where as soon as you add that 46-inch driver, most people swing it slower, and they have less control over it. So it's Correct. a moot point. It's nonsensical for the USGA to get involved in this nonsense, and they should just just okay. keep their mouth shut. Buddy? I, I agree with that. I, I know, I mean, we did the wedge rollback years ago the the tour players on the grooves on the grooves yeah. and the tour players are it's they're no different for them now they still everywhere. stop it the way they want so they're going to figure out all of this it's i i don't know i'm i'm into you know different sets of rules for the tour players well, um, you're a if, bifurcation guy i am what okay. if i'm 611 and i need a 47 Bend over. Right. driver right <laughs> yeah this, it's not necessarily a ratio to <laughs> Can you say that on the radio? <laughs> yeah, right. I think so. Pat, any thoughts? You being I, in the equipment business, I, I think it. I don't think it's a big deal. I think you just stay away from the topic. I don't know why he's concerned about it. Yeah. Well, it's Mickelson. He's got opinions. Hole number four. Do you carry a rule book in your bag? And if so, do you ever consult it during a round? I don't carry a rule book, and frankly, now being in a position to make rulings a lot more than I ever had been in my life for. 25 years. Why are you making rulings as the new head pro, the every, DOG yeah, out there at River Creek? Every tournament, there's some sort of rulings. I'm now seeing myself go to the internet because it's a lot faster. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I used to have one in my bag for, and it was maybe 10 years old, but I don't have one of the new ones and, and I haven't for a while. Well, you need the rule book and then you need the decisions yeah, right. on yeah. the and rules of golf, heavy. which is a separate book. It's a big, heavy book. Correct. Too. And John's Correct. right. You got your phone with you. You can look it up. Yeah. It's on an now app. Now you yeah. can. Yeah. yeah. There's an app for that? There's an app for that. Yeah. <laughs> My ball sure is next to a beehive. You, you, you do literally I get t- relief? <laughs> you literally just do. You type that in. Really? Yeah. Oh, totally. And it'll come up rule 23-2 and right. blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, great. My buddy yeah. Jerry says he's a six. There's no way. He's a one. Search. <laughs> what I, do I do? I'm not kidding. If I when, typed it in right now, you'd be I disqualify like, him? Yeah. All right. Be like, hole, don't play with him. There's a different app for that, by the way. Hole <laughs> yeah. number five. Are amateurs who wear manufacturer logo hats, shirts, etc., posers? Pat, you can just I, step this I, one out. I, I was going to say, <laughs> I was gonna say yeah. if there weren't a Titleist hat, that's okay. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm good with that. Ronas, what do you think? Is a guy who's got tour caliber logos and he's shooting 102, see a, a bit of a poser? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the same guy shaped like me who's strolling around in the bike outfit riding the bike. Looking like a stuffed sausage. I mean, I don't need to have... I'd call those guys Pants Armstrongs. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to <laughs> They've have... got the pants, but they're not Lance well, Armstrong. Well, then logoed shirts and stuff. Um, yeah, it looks a little strange. Okay. Buddy, you, I mean, sell, you sell some hats that kind of have the tour size logo. Yeah, and I, right? I don't know that... Hat, does, does hats fit in that category? Because I, I don't... I mean, there are people who are passionate about their brands, and, and you know, and sometimes they're, they're good amateurs coming up, and they're going to be with somebody someday, and they yeah. might take take pride in okay. that posers i assume that you are fine with it pat i think if the they, more people wear I, the titleist brand the better the hats are fine i think when they have the logos all over the shirt okay and they look like an ass car driver i think that's a poser <laughs> any weekend golfer that has right sleeve left sleeve back oh, neck insane yes yeah. chest chest so they're not breaking 100 <laughs> yes it's yeah. a guarantee hole number six are you okay with other people 
talking to your ball. No, I could care less. I, My I, ball's I, not in the air long enough for I, people to talk to yeah, it. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I got a problem with it. I don't like you talking I, to my ball. Yeah, I'm with you, buddy. And if we're partners and we're playing against these guys, and I'm okay with you know you rooting for mine to come up. But otherwise, oh, don't talk to my well, ball. Well, let's back up for a second because if we're playing a match or if I'm playing a match individually, yeah, don't talk to me. Don't talk to my oh, ball. Okay. No, no it's, it's unacceptable. So I don't want you. I don't want to hear good swing, good shot. How about I'll what's, determine that? How about when a guy quick calls a putt and it lips out? Oh, that burns me. And I know it has nothing to do with anything. Sure. Right. But I'm so mad it lipped out, and I had to hear a guy go, "That's in." Well, let, <laughs> no, it's say, not. Say, Why don't you wait until it is in when, to say that's when it? When I'm playing a match and I hear someone say "get in" or something like that, they're lying. <laughs> right. Oh, then that's eyewash. They're to- yeah, yeah, right. They're totally being, lying. They don't yeah, want it to get in. They want it to lip out. Right. That's an Eddie Haskell move. They're right. like, "Hey, look at me, root for you." Yeah, right. yeah. Get in. Right. Get in the water is what that's you right. say. That's right. All right, what? Pat, you don't mind. Is that what you said? Don't mind. Okay, no. don't mind. Easy no. going. But me and Buddy are like, just, you know, zip it, Keep, all right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the only thing we want you to hear is, do you take Venmo or PayPal? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> not whether our ball's going in the hole or not. That's right. Hole number seven, what's the proper club championship? Stroke play or match play? Both. I like both. Yeah. Yep. Qualify with stroke play. Once you qualify, match play. Match play. Is that the standard club championship? Usually. Okay. Yeah. And we've got at Westwood – Matt's done a great job of, of creating this, this second round for the club championship stroke play, and it all finishes up on Friday night up at the club. Um, and people come up there to watch the last couple of holes. It's, it's a fun – I mean, he built that into what we had before, and then it goes into match play the next morning. So, yeah. All right, the final two holes I left open uh, because I solicited them from you guys, and the list is on my phone, which is in airplane mode filming right now. I got it. You got one of the holes? Yeah, To I finish do. up hole number I eight. I didn't write this down, so it's blind. That's fine. But, Wing it. Um, yesterday, we had this hurricane coming through, and we had some bands of stuff, yeah. right? And there were spots where there's no one out on the golf course. And I, who never want to play, was like, this is the perfect time. I can go out there and play. I can play fast. And there's no one around. Would you kind of give up the condition situation for that opportunity to play the golf course. You're a member of a course with no one on it, and you can play fast. How did you get out in all that wet? Was so, it, did you get out between bands of rain? We've had a couple things going on in the course, so I rode around the course because I wanted to actually see where drainage was happening, Nowhere where, where puddles were happening, actually. And By the way, how like is that. River Creek following this? So we're getting there. We're, we're getting there. Because it's right on the Potomac. Oh, oh, the Potomac is as high as it possibly can be without overflowing, and we're okay. fine. All right, good. good. Yeah, and this weather will help. So did you play kind of in my the, question. Did you play like the preacher in Caddyshack in the yeah. middle of the hurricane with I the started, wind howling and the rain I coming down like a car wash? Holes, and then it actually did start to come down like 3 o'clock in the afternoon hard. And I said, well, I'm obviously out of here <laughs> at that point. But I just I, I sit there, and I wonder if other people have that same thought. Like, I would rather go out and play in not-so-good conditions if the course was completely empty and I knew I could play. Some people probably do. Okay. Well, five years ago, you used to be able to do it even on a nice day. Yeah. You <laughs> could get out there and rip, rip around. You can't do that anymore. Not right. now. So you yeah. need the bad weather to. What's the worst conditions you've ever played in? Let's make that final hole here. Pouring rain, Bally Bunyan, Ireland. Okay. Pouring rain, coming down sideways. Okay. Uh, miserable. Miserable, but it was a beautiful day on the golf course. <laughs> yeah, over there in Ireland, yeah. Absolutely. Buddy. 30 degrees, 30-mile-an-hour winds at Whistling Straits last week of October right before they closed up oh uh, with God. some rain coming. Oh, my yeah. God. 
Two for me, Hale at uh, Yale Invitational, one year, Hale four times. You had to sweep off the, the greens. And then um, we played our New England championships, intercollegiate championships at New Seabury every year. And they had a hurricane remnant coming through, and we had 70-mile-an-hour winds. First hole, par five, driver, three-wood, three-wood, three-wood. <laughs> uh, Dunebag in Ireland, when it was blowing so hard, the flags were all bent. And it was probably a four-to-five club wind. It was sunny, so at least there's that. It was not raining. But I was having a really bad rheumatoid arthritis flare-up, and so it was really hard. But I'm all the way over there. I would committed to playing, and dang it, I was going to play golf. Got to peg was, it and go. It was it. something else. Hey, Pat, thank you for stopping by today. I appreciate it. And once again, people, the new Titleist irons are out. The T-Series, and they are gorgeous. So get on in here to golf them and get fit in the Titleist studio for your new irons uh, for the rest of the season and into 2022. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend this Labor Day weekend, and make sure you get out and play some golf because the weather is turning. And we will see you next week right here on the Capital Golf Gang presented by Golfdom. This has been the Capital Golf Gang on the Team 980. If you'd like the gang to visit your home course, send your inquiries to Zabe at yahoo.com. That's C-Z-A-B-E at yahoo.com. Or visit the show page at www.theteam980.com. And for free swag, we're all in extra large. So yeah, thanks for the shirts.